All right, you ready for the last 20 or so minutes you have to deal with me on a Monday, Josh? Well, yeah, I'm ready. I, it's never – it's not exciting, though. It's always – it's disappointing. I, I would rather you be here. I would rather be here, but I will tell you, for as much as it stinks to get taken away from the show for about 35 minutes, maybe maybe 40, like today, Bill Beanbow will be here like early, right on time. Um, I'm so happy that we just get it all done on Monday now. Yeah, no, that that's oh. nice. So, you know, it's it's funny. I was running into the Farm Girls Fair is awesome. They they do such a great job with it. And little and Gwynny Beads had a very successful day. So thank you, Casey, who came by. So my buddy uh, Tanner Wright out there, great Sooner fan. Did you say where it was at? I have no idea where it was, Josh. I couldn't even tell you. It was in the middle of a field somewhere. You just uh, took the pin and, and yeah. Google Maps to- took you. I was told to do what I usually do, which is take Robinson until it ends and turn right, and you'll eventually run into it. That's that's what I did. Sure enough, huh? I mean, I mean, literally, I'm not lying. I think it's in someone's backyard, but it's awesome. They they do a great job with it. And How and many people were there? It seemed like a lot. It seemed like a lot, um, but I also, I, I think it it was like from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. So throughout that day, it was. Yeah, I want to say oh, I'm not good at guesstimating those. Maybe over a thousand people that were kind of in and out and had a okay. bunch of different. It was good. It was well done for a day. How much are the beads? Well, Josh, it depends. Are you going uh, in the adult? Are you going in the kid sizes? Because single, single uh, uh, bracelets, five dollars for kids, eight dollars for adults. But there are packages now. Uh, Casey and Tanner, Casey was kind enough. Our boss lady, Casey Vineyard, and my buddy Tanner Wright were kind enough to come by. And I was like, Gwen, we when we have friends, we give them a deal. Right? You got to help them out. And she's like, We do not. We don't. Do that. We're not cutting any deals. <laughs> That's that's right. So I'm good sorry, job. Tanner. I'm sorry, Casey. Good job. But that's, we sold some beads now, and they're all handmade. So it's not you know you have a lot of these people that go buy a bunch of them and then resell them. Now she sat there and made them, made them all. I was really proud of her. But I I think my point was I was talking. I got sidetracked there whenever I was trying to make a point about the excitement of the upcoming uh, OU OU Texas week, and the the whole conversation was just centering around where this team is in relation to where he thought they were going to be. And he's like, I'm over the moon excited. It's like, you should be. You should be. He goes, he's like, I think we're going to be Texas, but I'm also, I, I don't, I don't know why I'm not even like overly concerned if we don't. I'm like, now you got to calm down there a little bit, buddy. But I think in the very in the most simplest, I don't think you can put most in simplest. Together, sure, you can. Today we just did it. In the simplest way to put it, Josh, what I what I've taken away from some post game conversations, it's not just twenty twenty three, but I think people suddenly feel really, really good about the direction of this program. Well, the the biggest thing that you wanted to see, and obviously this could radically change, come Saturday. I don't think it will, but the biggest thing that everybody wanted to see was legitimate defensive growth, True. legitimate defensive strides. And they're still not where I don't think uh, – I know, but they're not where they want to be up front. Mm-hmm. And yet look how 
how far along this thing has come. So, yeah, I, that's a measured approach. And it's a huge game, and we'd all feel better if they go win it. But long term, if you tell me that you're not going to be totally panicky outside of anything relatively close to 49 to nothing from a season ago, I think that's a measured approach. Yeah. All right, well, let's get after the five things we took away from Saturday night, shall we? And it's brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Typically, it's called the top five stories of the day, but we make a little adjustment on a Monday. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. Newcastle Casino. Highway, highway, I-44, exit 107, newcastlecasino.com, 14 table games, happy hour every single day, rewards, and then some, all online at newcastlecasino.com. Big takeaway number five. Number five. Okay. Josh Helmer. This is my biggest takeaway in early season games, and I don't think that we've ever had it in the top five takeaways. But here we go. Okay. OU enters OU Texas. I think about as healthy as you could ask for them to be. Now, it was they were so I don't even remember mentioning, hey, Jaron Kanick is suited up. Like it was just kind of accepted. He's a linebacker, he's gonna be out there playing. We might have mentioned it once, but Savion Bird didn't play on Saturday night. We'll get a clarification from Coach Beanbow. Hey, is he still recovering, or is it you know a is it a performance thing? But from areas where you've been concerned, Danny Stutzman stingers, which he's going to wear a cowboy collar. R. Mason Thomas, you saw him get some reps on Saturday night. How, oh, I I guess I could go right here to um, Shep's text from Saturday night. But let's see here. Reggie Pearson was back and playing well. Dye McCullough was back. And J- Jacob Hester got out on the field. Now, he got called for a hole. That was a pretty BS call. I mean, even Davis Bevel was in uniform. Sawchuck played. I, I guess we'll – and Sawchuck played. That's right. I guess the only thing we'll wait to see is just how severe that is with Kenai Walker and why he was out because I think he's played pretty well this year. But is it crazy to say – that this is as healthy as Oklahoma has been in a minute, and you feel really good going into OU Texas on that front. Save for the two perceived top running backs going into the year that, again, Sawchuck we saw this week. But, good point. Uh, I mean, those guys, it's like there's kind of constantly been something there. But generally speaking, yeah, it's not been a rash of injuries, and a, a number of the guys that we've been hoping to get back, we did get back. And uh, they could certainly be in a much, much worse position. I would agree with that, no doubt. Number four. Number four. We love defensive stats. Tackles for loss. Takeaways. Sacks. But there's, there's two guys, and maybe more in this one specifically, that hasn't registered a lot of snaps, uh, stats, and I, I think it's one of the coolest stories on this team. Josh, how good has Woody Washington been this year? I mean, do you remember hearing his name called at all? Well, 
not really, because guess what? Generally speaking, teams aren't attacking him a ton. And then in that, you look on the other side, and Gentry Williams got his second interception of the season, third of his career, that led to a Sooner touchdown just before the half on an incredible catch by Drake Stoops. Are are we so caught up in stats that we're missing on one of the best stories this year? Because, now again, you're going to get tested on Saturday. Woody, the, I think that's going to be my spotlight. Woody Washington versus uh, Worthy, Xavier Worthy. That is electric. You're talking about a Sunday matchup on the field at the Cotton Bowl. Let's freaking go. So I am, you know, I, I know that Iowa State doesn't have a very dynamic passing attack, nor really does Cincinnati. Tulsa tried to, but, man, I just – I'm loving this senior season from Woody Washington right now, Josh, and I don't, I don't think we've talked about it enough. And this Saturday will be the true test – but what he and Gentry Williams and then in that depth they've created at the corner spot, I'm, I'm really excited about that, uh, that spot and that slot the rest of the year. The way that those guys tackle in oh. space is so improved. I mean, multiple times early in the game, Gentry Williams is flying downhill. I had uh, somebody else made a really nice open field tackle. Key Lawrence, uh, yeah. I, I know that obviously had the big bust in the game, but uh, he had the one play where he held somebody up and then everybody rallied over there. So Oklahoma's so much better corners and safeties on those little bubble screens flying downhill and, and just wrapping guys up immediately. OU has 10 interceptions on the season. That's second nationally. Heading into the weekend. It's the first time since 2000 the Sooners have registered at least 10 interceptions through the first five games of a season. And a lot of times, where do those interceptions start? Pressure on the quarterback. Now, yes, coverage. Coverage matters. But that pressure. Anyway, I, I, didn't want to, I didn't want this show to get away this week to get away without acknowledging how good that corner play has been for Oklahoma. All right, number three. Wait for it. Wait for it. Number, Number three. three. This is more of a question than a takeaway. Did, did we see the number one back on Saturday night? Did Marcus Major do enough to where you, you kind of stand back and go, there's the guy? Or are we still are we still awaiting, Josh, someone to take that torch and carry it? Because I kind of tend to think it's the latter. I think we're still waiting – to see what can happen when Javante Barnes gets healthy or when Gavin Sawchuck gets a little bit more seat time. Yeah, I don't think – I mean, no, Marcus Major's not locked it up. I don't think that he's definitively not the guy, but I don't think he's definitively Great the guy answer. either. <laughs> I don't think that he's not, but I don't know that he is. And I think you're right. I think you're right. I feel like we have running back fatigue – on on the ref and within Sooner Nation, right? You've reached this point to where we get it. It's just not going to be something where we're going to have a 1,000-yard rusher this year, and that's fine. But I also think not just this team, or, or not just the fans, but this team wants to see someone emerge there. And there were moments, moments on Saturday when I thought you had. All right, uh, number two, Josh. Number two. Defense can overcome adversity, baby. 
and they did last night, Saturday night. And uh, Coach Beanbow has showed up, so let's quickly get to number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. Dylan Gabriel's that dude, man. So far, looked the part and has been great. Uh, Josh and Connor will go more in-depth on it next. I'll rejoin you tomorrow. Stick around. It's the Plank Show right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. It is the Plank Show right here. Hour number three presented by Mop and Roofing. And uh, might I say as well, all of our OU Texas coverage this week, Boyd Street Ventures bringing it to us. What do you think uh, as we say good morning? Welcome in to Mr. Connor Pasby. I've got plenty of thoughts from uh, Oklahoma, Iowa State, and uh, obviously we're, we're shifting into the, the big one, right? This is where we're going to find everything out from, uh, well, not everything, but a lot of, I think what I said earlier, a lot of our strong opinions are going to come from this week about Oklahoma. We, we feel good about a lot of the improvements that have been made, and this is the game where if Oklahoma goes and plays well and Dylan Gabriel's great and defensively they make life difficult for Quinn Ewers and company, that uh, all of a sudden we can all, well, as soon as Saturday afternoon, say, okay, Oklahoma, Oklahoma's pretty good. But that'll be coming up on Saturday. What's up, man? Good morning. Good morning, Josh. Yeah, man, I'm ready. OU Texas week, best time of the year. Got two 5-0 and teams colliding. I mean, that's what – you can't draw it up much better than this. But if we just go back to Saturday, you talk about the performance in the first half, not good defensively. But, dude, to clean that up in the second half and limit Iowa State to under 100 yards and uh, to keep them scoreless in that second half is really impressive, and that's why you feel uh, much better going into OU Texas. Yeah, I, I shared the numbers earlier. Oklahoma surrendered – 259 yards, and that was with nine minutes left to play in the second quarter. And they ended up giving up 352 in the game. So Oklahoma really, really tightened things up from that point forward. The the chunk plays, no-brainer observation, but that, that's not going to cut it this weekend versus Texas. The, uh, the bust on the back end, if it's Key Lawrence, if it's Billy Bowman, can't, can't be given up 51 and 67 yard touchdowns, but the the run defense early on was concerning this weekend too for Oklahoma. A, a little bit early on, felt felt like they cleaned that up in the second half. But if you want to talk about running game, it's still not quite there. You know, offensively uh, up front on the offensive line, we still haven't seen uh, many like breakaway runs yet so far this year. There was a point early they showed the graphic, and I don't remember what Oklahoma was, was rushing for at that moment in time, but because Norton had the big run and then they had the other 40-something yard run, Iowa State at that point, and it was early, was averaging like nine a pop on the ground. And uh, they, they ended with 5.6 per rush, so which is not great, but uh, Oklahoma was much, much better from that point forward. And that's kind of been... Right? So far, a hallmark for OU defensively, whether it's a singular drive or a singular set of downs, Oklahoma, for the most part, has been able to respond positively. And I thought, again, we, uh, we saw that on Saturday where it, it, was, it was the worst defensive start of the season for OU. 
Uh, minus the save for the Billy Bowman pick six, which of course that was, was awesome. An what, awesome what, play what a, what a way to start! What a way to start in the Palace of the Prairie uh, to get a play like that from Billy and uh, t- man to be able to cut across the field and have man he had like two or three blockers on that right side and he was able to Key Lawrence uh, take man, it in was yeah waving Key him Lawrence home. waving him home like come on Billy come on Billy man that was fun yeah that was uh, pretty cool. That, that was pretty cool. Key Lawrence, I think, was ready to apply a block, but he never needed to. Never needed to, no. He was, he was taking him uh, around the boundary, and sure enough, Billy Bowman uh, all the way to the house. The secondary plays, save for those couple of plays, which were, again, alarming coverage busts, the collective play back there is much, much uh, better than it was a season ago. The tackling, flying downhill, Gentry Williams, uh, some of what he did, on the bubble screens is it's just night and day for Oklahoma and they're going to have to be able to do that versus Xavier Worthy. I mean, remember last year it was the first play from scrimmage, was it not? No, he took it to the house first play, yeah. What a short little screen yeah, off a little to bubble the left screen. down the sideline, yeah, and he took off. And that was uh, unfortunately a sign of things to come for OU uh versus Texas. And OU had uh, a number of other problems, namely you d- you didn't have Dylan Gabriel in the OU Texas game, but I feel better about OU's ability to tackle in space this season as compared to a year ago, and they're going to need to to be elite in that regard. The pressure for Oklahoma, the you know the the turnovers that they've created, a lot of times it's been uh, Stutzman or you know you bring a corner blitz or a safety blitz. Can Oklahoma generate enough pressure with four down? That's what we're going to have to do to get pressure to Ewers and get that ball out of his hands uh, very quickly instead of just waiting for time to develop because he does have some pretty fast wide receivers on the outside. If you do give Ewers enough time to throw, then that's a lot of coverage going on for the secondary. That would be something that uh, Oklahoma, if they can be just a little bit better in that regard, if uh, you know four down they can generate some pressure there would be gigantic in this game and I don't think we've seen enough of it but hey OU's been able with Stutzman who it's I mean the way that he's played this season is just incredible they've been able to dial up some pressures with him and uh, obviously with some of the defensive backs to to get after passers and to to get after their opponents and create some positive plays and a lot of those turnovers they've they've come from a Stutzman pressure here or there but uh, it can't just be that versus Texas on Saturday or else it's sets Oklahoma up for a long afternoon perhaps. Well, yeah, and the yeah, you mentioned the big thing is I mean you got to tackle. You had that Jonathan Brooks kid for Texas uh, last week versus Kansas. He rushed for 218 yards. I mean, he's a dude that has got breakaway speed and if you if you give him a lane uh, to run through then yeah, he's going to pick apart the guys in the secondary. So tackling is going to be huge for OU. I do think, and, and maybe this is crimson-colored glasses, I do think it's the best team that Texas has seen, and that's Alabama included at Alabama, which huge win for, for Texas, obviously. You don't take that uh, away from them. But I do think, top to bottom, the most complete team that uh, Texas will have seen in the Cotton Bowl as well. So that goes both ways in this game. It's definitely true for Oklahoma, I feel like it's true for Texas, but uh, OU needs to go down there and back that opinion up. Well, is this going to be the biggest OU-Texas game since, are we going back to 2009, 08, 09? 
Yeah, I mean, probably so. Yeah, oh nine. Well, Texas hasn't hasn't typically been very good, no. and uh, it's it's got to be yeah the first time the two have come in undefeated, respectively. One of the few times over the last however however many years, which you know for a long time, the two thousands early two thousands, this game you expected that. And uh, Texas hasn't typically held up its end of the bargain over the last decade and change. But they have this year, right, with a big win at Alabama involved as well. So it's massive. The implications for Oklahoma, we, we kicked it around a little bit earlier. And it's true, this is not a death sentence for either of these two teams this season. Just if you take care of business everywhere else, it doesn't, it doesn't ruin anything for you if you don't go win this weekend. But for the complexion of OU and shifting the narrative and all of the positive momentum that Oklahoma has, defensively, if you go down there and you smack Quinn Ewers around and uh, you don't let those receivers go wild and Sanders, you bottle him up a little bit, you're good in the run defense department, then we're going to come away from this thing thinking that Oklahoma absolutely is college football playoff good. Well, and you figure out what your team is made of, and you this game you really feel or you find out what you're good at defensively, offensively, attacking opposing uh, defenses because pretty obvious that this is the best team you're going to play all season long, and it's not really close. A couple of people, by the way, pointing out, yes, that uh, – 2021 Worldly Touchdown. Yes, yeah, Scotty Takati, which, of course, is a fabulous name on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet tax line, 405-651-3439. The worthy touchdown was not last season. It was the year before. So, strike that from the record books. But point withstanding, that's the type of play that Oklahoma, they, they got to be able to come downhill and against somebody like him. You got an opportunity? Get him down at the first opportunity. Well, especially those short passes, too, because that, that was not a deep ball. That was a screen, and you got plenty of time. You got tacklers all around him. You just got to go make a play, and you just can't allow uh, those big plays against Texas. Let's hope that OU has, you know, with Farouk and Anthony, and uh, we'll see about Brendan Thompson. Let, let's hope that Oklahoma has a couple of guys that you can – see go make a play similar to that yep. just catch it and make one guy miss and, and then scoot a little bit well that's i think that's an advantage for oklahoma i'd probably take ou's wide receivers right now just going up the uh, collectively the ma- yeah i mean match up matching up with the texas corners i mean if you keep getting nick ganderson and Jaden gibson on the field at the same time those are some big wide receivers going up against the guys in the secondary yeah it makes you feel better that uh, those two guys have come on the way that Nick Anderson and Jaden Gibson have come on. You got a couple of bona fide uh, big-bodied receivers that are willing to go make a tough competitive catch. We've seen that from Anderson, and we definitely saw it from Gibson on fourth down this past weekend. So OU, the, the receivers, if you had any questions there, they've answered the bell. Oklahoma's got plenty of pass catchers, and based on what we've seen, until proven otherwise – Oklahoma's probably going to have to throw to set up the run in this game, which flies against the conventional path to victory in OU Texas. Usually, yeah, usually run, if you run the football really well in OU Texas, you, yeah, you're going to win the ball game. Well, I mean, I don't know what the – I haven't seen the, if the game notes have come out yet or not, but uh, dating back to last year and the year before and the year before that and the year before that, every single year it's, hey, the team that's outrushed the other typically – 
you know, 14 times out of 10 wins this game. Probably for Oklahoma, that's going to have to be the case again. But they've got uh, Dylan Gabriel playing out a way to where maybe they can buck that trend in uh, in this Red River shootout game. Maybe they can do that. Well, this is also going to be a big turning point for Dylan Gabriel. I mean, top competition. If he can go out there, uh, play well, get a win, you know he's going to keep rising on that on the Heisman board. Well, yeah, if he plays great in this game, there's there's no doubt that he'll be uh, in the conversation for that and start shooting up those leaderboards because statistically he's having a great year. And, you know, feel however you want to feel about Dylan Gabriel, but 1,600 yards, 15 touches, two interceptions, the one this past weekend, a little bit of a debate on whether or not that was Gabriel or Farouk. Who's, uh, whose blame game should it be in, in that particular instance? The fumble uh, the week before, generally speaking, he's been really good taking care of the football this, this season. This is going to be the best defense that uh, Dylan Gabriel has seen. So it obviously goes up another notch, but uh, the, the indication based on only what we can go off of so far is that he's completing 75% of his passes for let's round up and call it 1,600 yards in 15 touchdowns, he's been very, very good. Uh, the quarterback run game, I thought he was key for Oklahoma in that. That's why I think he's better at than – I mean, I thought he was good last year, but he's picked that up a notch too, r- running the football. When to pull the football, when to keep it, when to hand it off, all of it uh, is operating better this season for, for OU. And, you know, based on what we've seen from the run game, they're going to need it. They're going to need it from uh, Dylan Gabriel. We got so many uh, texts from all of you guys out there. Let's rifle through those the rest of the way. And uh, just the ref army. Let's talk to the people on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. A vibe check. How we feeling about OU Texas? Are the Sooners going to win this thing come Saturday? It, uh, it's, a, it's a biggie. It always is. But, uh, you know, given what happened a season ago, it ratchets up uh, another notch. And then, of course, Texas just being good, right? Uh, we haven't seen that uh, all the time from Texas over the last 15 years or so, dating back to 09. But this year it feels like they are. So this is the measuring stick for Oklahoma. Taking a timeout, it's the Plank Show. Josh Elmer alongside Connor Pasby. Rolling along our number three. Back with you next. Back with you. It is the Plank Show right here. Hour number three brought to us by Mop and Roofing. He is Connor Pasby. I'm Josh Elmer. Thanks for being with us. It's OU Texas Week, everybody. It's OU Texas Week. Oh, man. And it's brought to us by Boyd Street Ventures. By the way, all of our OU Texas coverage, which you're going to be inundated with. That's all week. It's OU Texas Week. Uh, again, it uh, this hour brought to us by Mop and Roofing. Moppin Roofing and Construction, they've got you covered. Oklahoma, call Bob Moppin and his team at 405-703-3843. Moppin Roofing is a full-service company, family-owned and operated with over 35 years of experience. Insurance specialists that can help with fire and flood remediation work. Fully licensed, fully insured, and bonded. That's Moppin Roofing. So this uh, obviously is going to be a big uh, point of contention, topic of discussion, and uh, if things go poorly, probably something that even gets hammered home a little bit more post-Saturday. From Jimmy in Tulsa 
on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Boys, we have no run game, and it usually comes down to who can run the ball. You can't be one-dimensional against Texas. They, they do have a little bit of a run game, and unfortunately, the best part of it right now is the quarterback run game from this past weekend. That scares me a little bit come Saturday that uh, you know Gabriel's going to take a hit that maybe he shouldn't. Uh, you know, for some people, maybe it's like, all right, here goes Arnold. But I, I worry about that a little bit, and yet seems like it just has to be part of the recipe for Oklahoma. Uh, it would be the piece that I'm most concerned about, Jimmy. I, I agree with you. It's a, a little bit alarming on the, the run game front. I'm hopeful that uh, maybe, just maybe, they can get things figured out this week of practice and just go have a great game versus Texas in that regard. But uh, outside of the quarterback run game, it's a little bit uh, concerning going in. Well, it's a good time to get that running game going. It will be a test, though. That Texas front has been just really impressive uh, so far this season. But the QB run game is there. And, man, if Dylan Gabriel can just keep being efficient through the passing game, then, I mean, you still want a running game. But if Dylan Gabriel can throw for 300-plus, you still feel fine. Well, if you throw for 400, right, you're probably going to be 400, fine, yeah. T- take care of the football in doing so. I like this. I-, I thought about this earlier and almost said it. Out of the 405, good text. 150 yards rushing will be fine when we hold Texas to 100 yards rushing. We don't need 200 uh, rushing yards to win this game. So if, if Oklahoma's really, really good stopping Texas, and again, those little bubble screen areas – you know, toss it out to the flat for a wide receiver running back and then uh, your general running game, then, uh, yeah, maybe Oklahoma's not going to have to run it for a ton. If if OU's terrific run defense-wise, which uh, obviously they had some problems early versus Iowa State, but generally speaking throughout the course of this season, OU's been great. When KJ says, I'll take 350 passing and 150 rushing every game, but that that's the story. That's what we've seen so far this season, as though you'd be able to pass a lot more than they have been uh, running the football. But going, but going back to that previous text, though, it'd be, it'd be really impressive if OU can hold Texas to uh, 100, 100 yards rushing. Kelly from Beggs, I think as long as Levy isn't stubborn with trying to establish the run first and lets the passing game set up the run, we'll be decent running the football. That uh, may be good enough. And uh, KJ says, I'll take 350 passing, 150 rushing every game. Yeah. Uh, if OU goes for 500 yards of total offense, I, too, will uh, be good with that and think that OU's probably going to win at the Cotton Bowl. That's going to be much easier said than uh, done. Somebody asked this, too, but, and I see True on the phone lines. Hang on just one, one more second here. Who asked it? Somebody asked the question, is this the best defense that Texas will have faced? And, yes, I think going in it is. Now, l- let's see about Alabama, right? I still think they're pretty good defensively, though uh, Texas was able to kind of do what it wanted to do, especially in the second half when it was winning time down there in Tuscaloosa in that game. So that was pretty impressive. And uh, you'd have to say that Alabama's still very talented. I, I don't know. That- that's a good question. I want to say yes, though. I, I would I would say yes. I think Bama's having problems defensively, and if you look at the other games, I mean Wyoming, uh, Baylor has been not very good defensively at all, and we know what Kansas does. Kansas is more they do more offensively than they do than uh, stopping 
uh, getting stops on defense. And obviously we'll have the comparative uh, scoring game and numbers game we can go through this week. And if Oklahoma shuts down Texas, well, yeah, there you go. It'll be the best defense they have seen. I want to say yes. It's definitely vastly, vastly improved for uh, Oklahoma defensively. But uh, this is the measuring stick game. All right, let's get True in here before we take a T.O. True Sooner is on the Riverwind Casino jackpot line. That is 405-329-9000. True, what's up, man? Happy OU Texas week. Man, what's going on, Josh? Just counting down, dude. I'm I'm ready to. Uh, I know Plank said earlier this morning. Let's not say, "Hey, I'm just ready to boot this football game off." And uh, I'm not totally there yet, but I'm, I'm kind of there. I'm ready to see this game get booted off, and uh, I'm ready for Oklahoma to go shut some doubters up. You know, um, the people that are saying, "Hey, it's okay if we lose this game because we can always," you know. You don't want to put yourself behind the eight ball like that because it will put you behind the eight ball. I mean, it gives you no room for error later on in the season. It's you know, it gives you it's gives a you true, no room for a for it, an icy home game against TCU or sure you know whatever. It's a true I mean, statement it, 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 for both, but for the momentum, the complexion of the program, it's a game that yeah. I mean, you don't have to have technically. But you really, run, really, really want to get – I thought this was good from Sean. He texted in earlier. It may not be for the playoff, but for this program, it's fan base, it's momentum. Yep. This game is everything. You can try to downplay it, but OU needs a win on Saturday. And they do. And don't you want to walk through the fair as an OU fan? Don't you want to walk through the fair afterwards yelling, we're back at them? I want to walk through I mean, the fair yelling all sorts of things. <laughs> I want to yell, we're back. Uh, I want to, you know, just – I want to wipe away 49 nothing. For a million yeah. different reasons, I don't want to excuse away this game. And that that is a realistic piece of this, to some degree, if Oklahoma holds up its end of the bargain afterwards. But you just you just want to win the game, obviously. Well, let me ask you this. So I, I listened to Brian's uh, from USC's text or, or his call earlier. About NIL Brian, and this and that. I, yeah. Did you see the graphic I sent you on the text line? Uh, I might have. I'm surprised you guys didn't bring that up because it was a. I thought it was a great response to Brian's call. Um, you know, OU. I mean, nil wise, as far as how much each average, if you can it's look third it up based on what, this. Yeah, from the Action Network, A and M, Michigan, based, Oklahoma. Yeah, as far as average money that these players get, not the total, not the total bag, but just average, average. I mean, that's. I don't know how you could be any better than that. I mean, with the way A&M drops money, with the way Miami drops money, with the way Tennessee drops money, and you're saying Oklahoma, you know, is for the people that say, how is Oklahoma going to survive when they don't pay the players on these NIL deals? I mean, well, they're they paying. <laughs> they're paying. According to this, if, if these numbers are right and, you know, it's from the Action Network, top performing colleges NIL deal average, number one is A&M with 85000 Michigan is second with 65,000. Oklahoma's third with 64,000. So that's eight clear and 12 clear. Eight clear of Georgia, 12 clear of Alabama. Again, if these numbers are indeed right, which, you know, let's let's just take that as face value. It's correct. There's no doubt that Oklahoma's involved in it and has been competitive. And I think based on what's happened and these last couple of recruiting classes, you got to go ink this one, got to finalize it, right? But uh, and the start already that they're off to in twenty five. Oh, you can recruit the NIL thing. I don't think we got to worry about it. 
now. And the people that are concerned about OU, there's, you know, by the way, A&M's beating everybody on players with these NIL deals, not just Oklahoma. For the ones that go, you know, the, the kid that we lost last year was the Hicks that we lost last year. And then, and then some of the players they, they've lost this year, uh, their offensive linemen they lost the other day. You know, the Alabamas, the Georgias of the world, they're losing to A&M on some of these guys too. And it's just they're not, they're not completing the task once they get there. So would you rather would you rather pay somebody a lot and 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 not, you know, not get him to the next level, or do you want to be where Oklahoma is at, where you got a bunch of these guys at an average of sixty five thousand apiece, and you're developing them? Yeah, I think OU's in a good spot. The uh, yeah. name, image, likeness thing. It, that's why somebody said earlier, and again, I hate to say it because I do think you need to win this week, but. Uh, being a little level-headed and long-term approached on it, I've seen so far a, a, a good deal of improvement that tells me with the players that continue to come in and the way they're recruiting, Oklahoma, yeah, absolutely is headed in the right direction with Brent Venables. But I'll feel a million times better yeah. if they go down and, uh, and put one on Texas and defensively they're really, really good. Well, I know Sean hates this, but, but, and, and, and I'm with him that for the most part – you know, you don't hold anything back for the games ahead. Oh, but, but don't do, say it. But, don't but, say but it. I do, I do believe there are some wrinkles. Oh, ladies that and come gentlemen. Into, that, <laughs> that come into this game. Oh, you's holding back, and, baby. We've got, and, we've got a trick up well, our sleeve or two. I'm not, say, I'm not saying they're holding back. I just think there's some wrinkles that are put in this week. Um, if you, I mean, you better hope there's some wrinkles. If we can only get 66 yards rushing a game against Iowa State and Whatever they had against Tulsa, or whatever they had against uh, uh, SMU, I mean, there better be some wrinkles, right? Yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting to see how OU approaches the run game or how effective they are because right now, going in, that's clearly the biggest cause for concern. But yeah. true, we got to run, man. See you, man. Appreciate the phone call. One final timeout. We'll put a bow tie on it next, right here. OU Texas Week Monday edition on the Home of Sooner Fans. One final time, back with you. OU Texas Week, all of our Red River coverage brought to you by Boyd Street Ventures. Some uh, interesting little nuggets here for you. I like to pass along some of the game notes in closing. Final thoughts, by the way, uh, brought to us by Primrose every single day right here on the Plank Show. We uh, we shared the notes with you earlier. Iowa State uh, hasn't been giving up uh, a bunch of 40 and 50 burgers, but uh, Oklahoma went and did just that. Most points against Iowa State since 15. And uh, let's see, Iowa State, seventh time in uh, the last however many years since 17 that they've given up 40 or more. And I think just the second that they've given up 50 over uh, that time span. But the the Sooners, this was kind of uh, interesting. It was the second time that Oklahoma has started 5-0 with uh, five wins in the month of September. So you just don't see that a lot, where you you play five in the month of September. So, hey, unbeaten is unbeaten, and now we get to go find out what all of it means versus Texas. I'm so ready, man. We also got college game day back in Dallas. That atmosphere is going to be uh, insane. From the 918, it's Oklahoma, Texas week. Oklahoma will probably rush for over 200 yards and then not do anything the rest of the season. Well, you know what? Uh, I don't want to really totally sign up for that, 
but uh, it wouldn't be wouldn't be bad to see Oklahoma go rush well this week. See something that we haven't seen in the previous uh, five games. Hey, did you notice? I mean, we saw Brennan Thompson for the first time, the wide receiver for uh, Oklahoma, catch a pass. He got behind the secondary. The ball is a little un- underthrown from DG. But nice hey, adjustment. There's one of those guys that we haven't seen all year long, but he's got the speed. Yeah, that was a nice little uh, adjustment for Brennan Thompson. Conveniently making a triumphant appearance the week directly before the OU Texas game. What a story it would be if he goes down and just goes wild versus Texas. Former team. I uh, am not going to predict that just yet. I tend to think that probably you're looking at Anthony Farouk, the usual suspects that we've seen so far. But, man, I'm jacked. Can't wait. That's it for us. Plank's back tomorrow. Until uh, until then, so long, everybody.